Hello, spooky people. Welcome to the first episode of That Spooky Life, and thank you for uh, joining me on this little joyride through stories and discussions of all things paranormal. I am still working out some kinks. I have run into some tech issues that are just rather unbelievable at this point. However, we are doing good, we are getting recorded, and I am excited to be here. So who am I? I am Miranda. I have been a skeptical believer most of my life. I tend to try and debunk experiences, not believe what I see on TV. And while I am a witch and a believer, I approach the spirit world and paranormal with a healthy dose of let's get to the bottom of this and not just go by feels. I was born and raised in Northwest Georgia, and I have lived here all of my life, hence the title of this episode, That Southern Fried Spooky Life. I am also a medium, which is kind of weird to say out loud because the circumstances surrounding my life have made it to where that's not something I tend to openly discuss, but here we are, and I'm trying to lean into my truth. But when I was a kid, I was so terrified of, you know, seeing things that no one else saw, spooky ghosts, things like that. I clamped down really hard, and so I'm not as open and sensitive as I used to be. Uh, I have a friend, actually, who went the exact opposite way and has had numerous times in their life when they could not tell the living from the dead. And I'm absolutely going to try and have them on the show as a guest to discuss their experiences. Also, if you hear some weird shuffling noises right now, my little black Halloween cat, Isis, has decided that now is the time that mommy is recording and it is obviously time that she wants attention. Hello, kitten. You're not even going to meow for a response so that I am validated in what I'm saying. Cool, thanks. So I realized that the sound quality isn't terrible, probably not the best. I'm going to try and take down some of the popping on the peas, etc. But as I mentioned, I had everything set up and ready to go and ready to record. I even had this first episode recorded and my computer died. Just randomly. It worked fine one day, and then I went to boot it up the next, and it was dead. So, cool story. Thanks. I'm going to be working on improving sound quality, obviously, as we go. I'm going to try and make it to where there's less background noise, the peas and stuff don't pop. I'm going to get myself a nice microphone when I have have the funding to do so. So, bear with me, and thank you for being here. So, what is this podcast about? This podcast is going to be about personal experiences with the paranormal, things we don't understand in general, and perhaps some insight or advice on what to do if you find yourself in a paranormal situation. I've been doing my best to, like I said, lean into my truth. And I've actually had a haunting case that came to me recently that I'm going to discuss once I have more information. But uh, but that's in progress at the moment, so we're going to leave that to a later time. We're going to talk about, you know, anything from hauntings and cryptids, reincarnation, um, prophetic dreams, like, are you Phoebe from Charmed? Spirits, all sorts of unseen spooky things that spooks out, and what that I and you, the listener, have all experienced. Um, I really want this to be listener-driven content. I have a few that people have sent me in, and good lord, you guys. Like, I thought my shit was spoopy. There's obviously going to be cussing here. Hide your kids. Not appropriate for all ages. I understand that. Viewer discretion is advised, because there's going to be some of it that I'm just going to be super real on, and 
You know, I might drink for a couple of episodes and get all giggly and whatnot. This is not going to be a typical paranormal podcast covering a lot of the famous haunts. Um, There are a bunch of other really good podcasts if you want the famous ones. I personally like, and that's why we drink, Two Girls, One Ghost. I like Three Witches and a Microphone. I'm hoping that they update soon because I think they are hilarious. I think Spooked is one of them. There are a whole slew of paranormal podcasts out there that are really good and that I would personally recommend for some of the more famous stuff. Here we're going to be discussing, at least for the time being, uh, until we run out of stories or, you know, the creek rises or whatever, we're going to be discussing personal experiences and things that have happened to me, things that I've seen, experienced, and things that happened to you. So please send me any uh, any stories that you want to share to That Spooky Life Podcast, all spelled correctly, at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe the next episode will have your story in it. So another thing that I want to do that I mentioned briefly is I want to share what knowledge that I have, what I have learned from experience in case you're going through a paranormal experience right now and don't know what to do about it. Maybe listening here will give you some insight into what may be going on at your domicile or workplace or school bathroom or whatever's going on in your life and maybe help you work through it, understand it, even maybe resolve it and uh, perhaps help move a spirit on to whatever awaits them on the other side. I have a really macabre sense of humor and there's always sort of been the joke that I was Wednesday Adams. It's mostly true. Uh, I'm not as stoic, obviously. I am kind of a gigglebot, and that will probably come out at some point. But um, I am not trying to offend anybody. I know that there you can't always make everybody happy. I'm really trying just to be myself, and either that turns out to be funny or it doesn't, and I guess we'll see. I'm super inappropriate, and I amuse myself, so... Feel free to laugh or shake your head. I'm I'm really into puns. I have also started a blog at the suggestion of a writer friend of mine, sort of a journal on my witchy path, uh, no doubt including some haunting stories at some point. Or It's really more about where I am right now and as I am sort of claiming my power for myself again, I'm a witch. I need to make sure that my life is on track so that I can do what I am supposed to do in this world. Uh, If you are interested in following along with that, it will be https colon forward slash forward slash thatspookylife.blogspot.com. Come join me and uh, some of my my followers, Blue Moon, shout out, on figuring out what the heck this world is totally about. And that's the setup for this wonderful podcast that we are embarking upon together. I want to give a huge shout out to the Murderino Paranormal Society group on Facebook. Thank you all for your awesome feedback and for being totally real about what you like in a podcast, what you don't like in a podcast, what things are important, etc. And helping me fund the confidence for sure to do this. I posted in our little little group family asking what type of things drew them back to a podcast time and time again. And everybody was so awesome, so incredible, so real. And I wasn't sure I was going to do it at the point that I posted. So the type of feedback there from the people who enjoy the same kind of thing that I do and the types of 
content that I want to create. And, you know, you go searching for stuff and you find something that mostly fits and that you really like, but you go searching for other things. And if it's not out there, then who's going to create it if not you? Well, that's where I was. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to do one and share, you know, personal experiences, you know, listener stories, stuff like that. And there's not a lot out there for that. There is some, and I definitely recommend going to check other creators out. But after the conversation that we had in that Facebook group, you guys really are the ones who convinced me to do it. The ones who are like, you know, make sure your sound quality is good. I'm working on it. I promise. Everybody who commented and was like, oh, definitely post it. I want to listen. Well, guys, this is for you. You guys are the reason that I definitely decided to do this. So I appreciate every single one of you. And we are all in this spooky world together, ladies and gentlemen. So let's do this. So to get started on this first ep, I wanted to share a personal story and sort of change it up a little out the gate. I was like, oh, okay. Well, one of my my listener stories that got submitted gave me chills. And I thought to myself, oh, I actually have a story that would kind of make a theme for the episode. And then I realized in so doing, I had not thought about this in years. And trying to get down, you know, like bullet point details, figure out how to tell the story in a cohesive way, because it crossed a lot of years for me. It dug up some feels and experiences and emotions that I had not really felt in a while. And it was kind of hard. I'm I'm not going to lie. This is a very personal experience, personal story, obviously personal as it is to me, but like deeply personal. When I was a kid, I had a few reoccurring dreams on and off throughout my life. I still have one or two occasionally, but it's far less frequently nowadays. I may bring in some of them later. I may talk about some of the stuff that uh, never came to fruition, even though it was weird, or some of the stories that like I would have a dream about it, and then years later, it would be like deja vu, and I'd be like, oh, I dreamed this, this happened. But there was one in particular that always uh, super upset me. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was born, my parents lived in Atlanta. And we lived in that house until I was four, just turned five, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, I was five. It was July of 89, dating myself there. And they had purchased uh, five acres of land and had a house built on it. And that was the house that I lived in for 13 years. So I was 18 before we moved out. And... I have some really strong memories of our first house. I have some very vague, I have a lot of very vague memories of our old house, but I could, I could draw out a floor plan. I could tell you very specific instances that happened. I don't, I couldn't really tell you what the backyard looked like, but I could tell you what the back porch, like the back deck looked like. Most of my childhood, obviously the 13 years was spent in rural Northwest Georgia. Uh, But the first time I ever had this dream Uh, We were living in Atlanta still, so I know I was really young, and I think it was before I knew we were moving out, but I'm not going to swear to that. The dream always came into focus uh, with me, my siblings, and my parents all crying. There was a couch that used to sit under the window in the living room, and like in the dream, nothing else was in the living room. Just the couch, and my parents were sitting on the couch crying, and then my siblings and I were back and forth between my parents and the front like little stoop foyer area. Um, 
that had like four or five steps that led down to it where the front door was. And there, for most of the dream, my siblings and I were sitting on the carpeted steps and my grandmother was there. She was weeping, but not like as openly like sobbing as the rest of us. Like I was scream crying in this dream, basically. Um, I should note that my grandma, uh, Edith, was was my special person when I was little. Um, I was grandma's little girl. I was the, the firstborn grandchild. And she was my favorite person to spend time with outside of my mom. Uh, we did a lot of things together, you know, sleepovers. I always slept at her house whenever my subsequent siblings were born. Spend, you know, a day or two uh, until she moved in with us when we moved to the five acre house. Actually, I learned to garden and do plants. I learned to bake. She was a very strict school teacher, actually. Uh, she was born in 1919. And by the time she was 19, she was already teaching school and was one of the few people in her family to go to and graduate college. So she was a from a different era. And she was that strict ass school teacher that everybody winced when she walked in the room. So the one year I was in public school, they're like, oh, they said that you're, you know, your grandma teaches here. Who's your grandma? And I would be like, Miss Hyken. And they'd be like, oh, God, and had no idea what to expect from me because I was a child. But like my grandmother was that school teacher. To me, she was the most awesome lady. I loved her. Um, you don't cross her. You did not cuss in front of her. You did not misbehave in front of her because, you know, she had a yardstick and that yardstick was real loud. I learned a lot from her and miss her very dearly to this day. But uh, she was very much one of the sort of pillars of my reality. So in the dream, we're all crying and my siblings and I are begging my grandma not to go. Like she's standing at the door like she's getting ready to go. And she tells us in this dream that she doesn't want to go, but she knew she had to and that we would understand when we were older and that she loves us and, you know, all the stuff that it was, it wasn't unlike the times that she would come over to visit and then go home, but like kicked up to a 13 kind of thing. So then like the front door would open and these two men dressed in white would take her arms gently. It's not like they wrestled her out of the house or anything, but they would take both of her arms and take her away and the door would close. And I knew that my, in this dream, my grandma was gone forever and I would wake up bawling my eyes out every time. Uh, without fail, like just every time, uh, the dozen or more times I had this dream in my life, I woke up just bawling, uh, not crying, not weeping, like go crawl in the bed with mom or grandma bawling. The feelings in the dream were just insanely strong. And I was always overcome with just soul rending sorrow. It was always terrible. Uh, despite there not being anything like graphic or a monster or anything like that in the dream itself. Like it always felt like a nightmare. So this, this dream used to occur at least once a month until I was 12 or not once a month. I'm sorry. Wow. No, not once a month. Um, it would be at least once a year until I was 12. Sometimes it would happen every three to six months. Sometimes it would only be like once a year and it, there didn't seem to be like a trigger for it. Like you know, once I got a little bit older, I started logging and like, oh, what did I have for dinner last night? Oh, what did I watch on TV last night? No, there didn't seem to be like anything that triggered it, um, but it was always just terrible. You know, nowadays I might be able to glean a little bit more from trigger, like more minute, detailed triggers. But I mean, I was doing pretty good for being a kid. 
you know, writing down what I had to, for dinner, what I watched on TV, etc. But by the time I was 12, I just kind of accepted it as the thing that happened in my life. There were a couple other recurring dreams that happened around the same time and none of them made sense. And I just sort of accepted it. I was like, oh, I have reoccurring dreams. Cool. So the week before Halloween, when I was 12, my godparents at the time had just had their second child and their first, uh, who was like two, maybe three at most. Like, I don't remember exactly how old he was. He was little. He was a toddler. And he was acting like the absolute antichrist, to be perfectly honest. Um, he would crawl in the crib, screaming and like hitting the baby, all in jealousy because he had been the only child. And now that there was another kid, he was super unhappy. Like every horror story you ever hear of anything like that, I saw it like that weekend. So my mother was called and as my siblings and I were homeschooled, the godparents asked if I could come down for a few days to help out with the baby while they worked on the first kid's behavior. And I've always loved babies, so I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Uh, my grandmother was going to be teaching those few days. She was going to be substitute teaching uh, in one of the one of the elementary schools in the area. Oh, I do remember. I was going to say I don't remember which one, but I do. And she said she might not be home when I got back, but would be shortly afterwards with the way that the timing was supposed to work out. Then we could go out in the garden, which was like a huge deal because right around Halloween, we would always do the harvest and collect seeds and things like that. And it's one of the reasons that fall and Halloween are my favorite times of the year. So I was excited because we were also going to be bringing the oldest kiddo back for his first spend the night party and all go trick or treating together. Like take him back down to his neighborhood, trick or treat there. And then we were going to continue on to my aunt's neighborhood, all this stuff. So it was a huge deal. So over the weekend, I talked to my grandmother on the phone, which is when she told me all of this. And I did my mom each night and there was a a single bed in the nursery where I was sleeping. There was a phone right beside the bed. If anything happened, I could call, you know, it was a super comfortable stay, to be perfectly honest. There was no stress other than the oldest kid screaming occasionally, but he got some really good quality time with his parents. The new mom got to rest some and I took care of the baby, except on feedings and stuff. It was, it was actually really nice, low stress. I got to sing a bunch of Disney songs. It was good. So the last night I was there, Excited to be going home and sleep in my own bed and Halloween and gardening and all that jazz. Um, I had the reoccurring dream of my grandmother being taken away by the two men in white. And that was, I think, the first time that year it had happened. Same as it ever was, the old Atlanta house. My siblings and I were a little better than toddlers and my parents were on the couch. Same setup as it always was. But over the years, I had learned how when I was in one of those very vivid reoccurring dreams to lucid dream to try and change things and see what I could change. And I did it when I was having it when I was 12. I was trying to change things, trying to keep my grandmother there, try to figure out what was going on. But nothing I did ever altered the outcome. Not going outside and trying to stop the two men in white. Not like standing in front of the door and keeping it locked. Nothing. It always turned out the same. As usual, I woke up in the nursery crying. And I was really... God, it was a horrible feeling too, because I knew that I didn't have my mom or my grandmother to go crawl in bed with, which was normally how I comforted myself back to sleep after that dream. And I tried to be like, oh, you're 12, put your big girl panties on. By the way, when you're 12 and you think you're so old, you're not. You're a child, like a child. So like, I was trying to be all big and I'm going to be 13 next year. But like, uh-uh, it would have been real nice to have my mom or my grandmother to snuggle with. But it also didn't last very long. Because I rolled over to try and like reposition and get comfortable and go back to sleep. But I saw something that I cannot 
fully describe the feeling of genuine fear that it struck in the core of my being. Like I, like they always talk about a cold hand grabbing your heart. That's very much this feeling. Uh, there was a figure standing in the outside corner of the room next to the crib, like between the crib and the wall. I completely froze. Like, I don't even know how long I was frozen because it's one of those where time dilates and you don't really know if it's seconds or minutes passing kind of thing. And I, I just watched it. It was a shadow, blacker than black. Unlike some things I had seen at that point in my life, though, it did not have the red eyes, so it didn't read as like a shadow person. And it also, shadow people have this overbearing presence that sort of causes, I don't know, like the, the flight reaction fear. And despite the fact that I was like the super terrified, after a second, like I very much realized it wasn't there to hurt me. And I don't know how I knew that, obviously, intuition, etc., but it was like holding something like a spear or something like that. And I had this horrific realization that it was not necessarily like the angel of death, like the big man himself. Like we weren't about to be speaking in italics with glowing blue eyes or anything. But this was very much a spirit of death next to the crib. So 12 year old me was not about to let a baby die on my watch. And despite my, my gut-wrenching, like, stand-you-still fear, I literally learned how to fly. Not literally, actually. I leapt from the bed. I don't think I touched the ground until I was standing beside the crib, scooped the sleeping baby up, and leapt back to the bed with every intention of just letting that baby sleep next to me because the bed was up against the wall. So if I put the baby between me and the wall... I could curl up around her and she wasn't going anywhere. And I was like, I don't want to turn my back to this thing. But like, if it doesn't go away, that's plan B. I, I have literally no idea how long passed while I sat up holding that sweet little baby. Um, she slept the whole time. She did not stir even really for a while. And I just watched it. I, I couldn't see it with my eyes eyes. But like, it was so clear and vivid in my mind that there was no doubt. And there wasn't the thing that killed me is there was a nightlight there. So it wasn't just like I was misinterpreting a dark shadow in the room. Like there was a nightlight right there and it was blocking the light. So it was very much there. Eventually it nodded at me. Like I knew it was watching me. I could feel it watching me and I was just watching it back because I was like, what you going to do? You can't have this baby. You can't have me because I'm here to protect this baby, but you can't have this baby. Uh, but it literally nodded at me. It sort of nods and then like steps through the wall, like the wall that was like the outside wall of the house, steps through the wall. And as soon as it's gone, the light comes on in the hallway. It was crazy. Uh, the light comes on in the hallway and the mom comes in, looks at the empty crib and looks at me sitting up rocking and holding this baby who starts to stir and get fussy. And she's like, hey, is everything okay? And I was like, do I tell this adult that I saw a spirit of death standing next to their baby's crib? No, no, I do not. I do not do that. So 12 year old me scrambled in my head. I was like, oh, she stirred and she was getting fussy. So I picked her up and thought I'd rock her a little bit. And she was getting a little fussy now. And the whole reason the mom was in there was because it was time for a feeding. So it all worked out in my favor that my little fabrication to not be like, hey, I saw a spirit of death standing next to your kid's bed. We cool? So that didn't happen. <laughs> and she, she even commented on the fact that I was pale as a ghost. I said I'd had a bad dream, which was true. 
Absolutely true. Had a bad dream and I woke up, make sure the baby was okay because she was fussing. I passed the little one to her mama and I was out again pretty shortly after because the adrenaline faded and I was just like a rock because that was real intense. I did, however, oversleep the next morning, had to scramble. My mom was there by the time I woke up and I was actually supposed to get up and have breakfast with them. But apparently the mama had told my mom that I'd had bad dreams and was up late with the baby. So to just let me sleep in as much as possible, she was letting my siblings play with the toddler and I got to sleep in a little bit, but I had to scrabble to get everything together in the car because it was getting time to go. So mom asked me, you know, how that went. And I told her about the weekend. It went well, you know, tra they had cable. We didn't. I got to watch some cable after the baby go to bed, whatever. And she told me that she had been informed I had a bad dream. And I was like, yeah, it was just one of the weird reoccurring ones. And we continued, continued on the drive and wrote it off and didn't think anything of it. Uh, so we get home and my grandmother's not there, which was not entirely unexpected. She said she might not be. It was October 30th, 1996. Um, she was about to have her Christmas shopping done. So she was leaving from substitute teaching school to go to the store and try and wrap up her Christmas shopping because she was that efficient. My grandmother was that lady. But thanks to my experience the night before and or otherwise, I just had a horrible feeling. All I wanted to do when we were in the car was get home. And as soon I was like, you know, get home. Grandma's going to be there. I'm going to see her. Everything's going to be fine. That's what I told myself. And then she wasn't there. So I was trying to distract myself, trying to read a book. And then the phone rang. Keeping in mind that this is not the time of cell phones because it's 1996. So it wasn't going to be like my grandmother calling to say, oh, hey, I'm running late. You know, there was a long checkout line or something. If the phone rang, there was something, right? I go running downstairs and... Without going into more detail of one of the worst events in my life, uh, my grandmother had been killed in a car accident. It has been a minute. Like I said, I recorded this episode and then lost the recording, but even having made it through that first time and telling it now, it's not fun things to dig up in my head. So bear with me. I apologize. Uh, Suffice to say, as soon as I found out, a few things came to light. I figured out that the death spirit had not been there for the baby the night before. I mean, it nodded to me. It waited for me to sort of like watch it, acknowledge it. It nodded and left. Like it never even came out of the corner. It didn't try to come at me. Didn't try to come at the baby. Nothing like that. It was a warning of sorts. I don't know if it came to be a warning or if it was around because I was going to be brushed by, etc., and it didn't expect me to see it. I don't know how things came together that it happened this way, but that clicked pretty quickly for me. It was trying to warn me, and I misunderstood, I think. That's at least how I've always remembered it in my head. Um, as it turns out, the head-on collision that took my grandmother involved two other people that came out blessedly completely uninjured. Their cars were not, but they were fine. I think one dude had a bruise on his neck from from his seatbelt, but like to my memory, they were the other people involved were completely uninjured, which was very lucky, and I'm very happy that that's the case. And they were both men. 
I was unable to ask like legitimate questions for a, a while. I was just sort of, I was literally in shock. I had never really had an impactful death in my life before. So this was all new to me. And the fact that it had to be my grandmother and she hadn't been sick and dying in a hospital. She had already beaten colon cancer. It was, she was supposed to go Christmas shopping and come home, made it very difficult. So I wasn't able to ask questions about stuff for a few days, but we did have to go to the junkyard and collect stuff out of her car later, which was an experience that in and of itself could cause nightmares. But uh, both of the people involved in the accident were men, and at least one of them was driving a white car. I think they both were. I was asking my mom about it days later when I actually could, and I asked her what color the cars were, and she narrowed her eyes at me and asked why. To which I just asked in return, were they white? At least one was, like I said, but I don't, I don't remember or know if we ever found out about the other one. But the one that struck her head on was the white one. Um, after that night in the baby's nursery, away from my house, seeing the death spirit, I never had that dream again. After, after my grandmother died, I never had that dream again. Um, I've had a few people, uh, skeptics witches of different stripes, psychics, Reiki healers, and the like, uh, give me their theories and or beliefs on the matter over the years. Between the few people that I've shared that story with, honestly, I haven't shared it far and wide, and here we are on the internet sharing it far and wide. Different people have different theories on what and why that dream happened the way it did. I'm not sure what I believe. I have some of my own theories, but it's just one of the stranger things that have ever happened in my life. And one of, obviously the most poignant being the death of my grandmother, but all of the stuff leading up to it as well. I just, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for. And I think even if I hadn't misunderstood what was going on, it wouldn't have made it any easier, but it might have lessened the blow just a little bit. You know, if I'd been, well, everybody always says this, if I'd been prepared, I would have, you know, made sure that I know I told her I love her for a fact the night before on the phone, rather than just, you know, watching TV and being like, okay, I love you, I'll see you tomorrow, whatever. You know, I would have had a better conversation or things like that because I'd been having these dreams for years, but, you know, nobody can ever go back and change that. And everybody has those feelings and what they would have done differently if they'd known. All I know for sure is what I have just shared with you. Uh, I miss my grandmother more than ever uh, so that she could see a number of things like her, her great grandkids and how, how her grandkids have managed to grow up and overcome a bunch of stuff in our lives. And this year would have been her hundredth birthday, January 22nd, 1919. So 2019, she would be a hundred this year. And here we are in October of 2019 not making it any easier to wrap up and figure out how to wrap up this story, to be perfectly honest. While I believe personally that she would have made it to her 100th birthday because she was stubborn and healthy as a horse, she would outlive anything she put her mind to outlive, basically. Um, I'm not sure she would have loved the digital age, so maybe it's better, but I still miss her. And that is my personal spooky story for the day. Weird premonition dreamings, a death spirit, and the passing of my awesome lady grandmother. So now it's time to share a submitted story. 
and I would call it a listener submitted story by Lil Pete behind the curtain. I am not going to lie. I wanted to start out the gate with experiences of others. So seeing as this is the first podcast that was going to be nigh unto impossible. I totally asked some friends to send me in some of their stories, uh, specifically ones who said they might be interested in listening so that they could are to be listener stories. So this is a to be listener story. I'm very nervous sided to share this one because reading through it when it was emailed to me, I got chills, my hair, the hair on my arm stood up on end. And then the first time I recorded this episode, I was like, okay, I'm braced for it. I know what's happening now. No, I was totally not. I was just sitting, you know, by myself and recording. And as I was reading it again, I got so creeped out. Like, it's good. There's not, there's not like a terrible ending or anything to it. But okay, I'm giving too much away. I should just get into the story. I had to use it in this first episode because it created a theme with the story that I had. And oh, the mad chills. I'm not even going to set it up or anything. I'm just going to say this is from my West Coast buddy, Ushimimi. And here we go. Ushimimi writes, I'm not sure if this is really fitting with the vibe that you're going for. But now that I have enough time off work to really collect myself, I'll share with you the story of my one really inexplicable experience in life. Let me open by saying I'm a total skeptic. I desperately want to believe in the supernatural, but I think letting that overpower one's better judgment is a common pitfall for those of us who seek out this stuff. We tend to see what we want to see. Preach. I am all about making sure that you question experiences and, you know, document proof and we are not all Zach Baggins here. We do not think that a fly is the demon-possessed soul or whatever. No, I am all about being skeptical on things. You need to know what is experience, what is expectation, and what you may need to question further. So I am completely on board with that. In this case, I tried to see any other explanation than the supernatural, but came up empty. Ooh. I was in my late teens at this point, maybe 17 or 18, still living with my parents in rural New Jersey. My favorite things were Petrichor, books, and D&D. And so I had all of these things in one place, a giant two-room tent we had set up in the yard next to our house, with a steel picnic table slash bench unit in it. Remember that. It was like inch-thick steel, and it weighed hundreds of pounds. This is important. Anyway, my friends and I often went out to the tent to play Dungeons and Dragons and read without bothering my parents, especially during the rain or late at night. One evening, it was storming something fierce. Awesome rolling thunder, sky lighting lightning, the whole package. I wanted to go outside and enjoy it with a good book, or at least a Dragonlance book, as I recall. Amen. Like, I love Dragonlance too, but I'm not saying they're good books. It's just a book to read that is good. That is all. (laughs) I called out to my mother that I was going out to the tent to enjoy the rain, and she told me to be back for dinner in an hour. I happily trotted down to our front door and opened it. That's when I was struck by, and the first time I read this, I'm not going to lie, I read, that's when I was struck by, and I was like, oh my god, did they get struck by lightning? No! No, that's not where we're going with this. That's when I was struck by the most absolute terror I have ever felt in my life. We're talking wet yourself paralytic terror. Like when you wake up as a child to see the demon at the foot of your bed with no understanding of what a night terror is, sort of terror. Absolute panic. I was too afraid to even breathe. I was just looking at my front yard and the rain and everything seemed normal. Why couldn't I move? 
I tried again, but my legs wouldn't obey me. Was there something out there about to pounce? Was I having a seizure? The rain kept falling, serene and steady. A little thunder rumbled. It was so peaceful. Why did I feel like there was a laser sight on my forehead? I tried to move again and failed, rooted to the landing just inside my front door. Like, that's got to be crazy. I've never had something like that happen to me for no visible reason. Like, the few times in my life that it's happened to me, like, in that description, there was, like, a reason. Like, I could either see or hear or feel, like, I knew why I was terrified. Not just for, I can't walk outside now. That's got to be so scary on, like, mundane levels. I'm sure it was in there to sort of be funny, maybe. But, like, the was I having a seizure question. Yeah, that's legitimate. Like, I'm trying to walk outside and I just can't. Oh, that's crazy. Steadying myself, I took a breath and forced myself to take a single step outside, managing to drown out the screaming nightmare sensation with a force of will. The chilly fall rain washed over me, I shivered, and the fear took me again. So I said screw this and went back inside. That's a mood. That's a mood. Good call. I decided it was a video games kind of night, and the moment I did, the fear totally subsided. I was blissfully back to normal and the terror had passed. I settled in for some I think probably ever quest. I didn't hear it happen, but my mother did. Not five minutes after I made the decision to stay inside, I heard my mother screaming my name. Guttural, terrified screaming. I ran to her side in the kitchen to see what was the matter, and the look on her face as all the color left it will stay with me to my grave. She grabbed me and held me close, and for just a moment I wondered what had happened. Then she told me to look outside. My beloved tent had been smashed completely flat by a titanic, dead, fallen tree. The arboreal colossus had missed our house by inches, and instead dropped its multiple tons of dead wood onto the tent, enough to rip the vinyl into ragged tatters and completely flatten that steel picnic table, driving warped shards into the earth like railroad spikes. I, ooh, 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 that's gotta be a sight. The tree had stood there, dead, since before I was born. Once it was gone, the 30-foot sinkhole remained, a testament to the gargant's size compared to its neighbors. How I didn't hear it happen is beyond me. My room in the house was right next to it. Total carnage. It took weeks to get the tree chopped up and removed. They had to use a backhoe to lift the trunk slices. Anyway, I have only had that feeling once or twice in my life. I have never ignored it or questioned it. When it strikes, I obey it. No idea what I've avoided as a result, but I'm not so proud as to pretend I know what happened or why. And that's the story of how a premonition of mortal terror saved my life. Take from that what you will. Ushimimi. Girl. Girl. This is like the third or fourth time I've read this story, and like the hair on my arms is still standing up. I can't with that. That's crazy. You know, you're supposed to have that moment before lightning strikes where, you know, the hair stands up on your arms, on your head, because you feel the electric charge in the air. The fact that none of that was there, so it's not really explainable as, oh, well, that happened and you, you should have known that lightning was going to strike or something. Lightning didn't strike? It was storming, sure. It was probably windy, sure. But like if your bedroom was right next to that, there's no way that you would not have known that lightning struck. There's no way. So why the tree just decided to <laughs> give up the ghost? Oh, yeah, there's the puns, bringing it back around. 
why the tree decided that time was when it was going to lie over and you somehow just knew not to go out there. It's super cool. I love crazy stories like that. I'm so glad that you're still with us. I'm so glad that you listened to that intuition and that uh, you are absolutely still here with us because that's crazy. I'd be interested to know, like, it doesn't have to be shared for the podcast. Obviously, I'm not saying any of that. But, like, I would be interested to have a conversation with you about, like, what other times in your life it has happened. And then we can speculate and just have a good laugh, maybe over some beer or wine or something. Mimi, I can't. That's, that's, it's so banane. Never ignore that feeling. Never ignore it. Mimi, don't ignore it. Like, people listening to this podcast, if you ever get that feeling, don't ignore it. Do whatever it's saying. Either go back inside, don't go further, whatever. Do not ignore that feeling because that's crazy. So I love this story and I look forward to other stories that you guys are hopefully going to be sending in. Anything paranormal, any ghosts, hauntings or things like that. Any cryptids you've ever run across or looked for or been hunting or even UFOs. I don't know a whole lot about UFO stuff, but if you've had a personal experience, feel free to submit it. I am not opposed to crazy UFO stories or things like that. I just don't know a lot about them, nor do I have a lot of experience. Um, Additionally, if there are things that you want me to talk about or ask me about, feel free to hit me up on social media. I believe Instagram is at that spooky life podcast. And I think Twitter is also at that spooky life podcast. I'm probably completely wrong about that. If that's not it, I will definitely get it to you in a following episode. I'm also thinking about starting a Facebook page, but you guys let me know if you want that. I'm definitely on Insta right now. So come hit me up right there. You can leave comments about things you want me to talk about, or if you guys want the Facebook page. And I will be sure that in the Instagram description is the email address to send stories if you would like to. If you guys want theme stories in the future, like things about Halloween and the history of it, or, you know, have you had any experiences on Halloween? Or honestly, I think it would be really cool to have like scary Christmas stories. I don't know if I have any, but like, I think that would be fun. I might see if I can uh, craft something like that. And I'm asking in advance. So that way I have time to collect these things and maybe cobble together a few things. I'm, I'm at least have like wintertime stories that we can sort of like wink at each other and fake into a Christmas episode or something. If there is anything that you guys want me to talk about, please let me know. We will always come back with personal experiences and paranormal spooky things for everybody. But I think that officially brings us to the end of our first episode. So thank you for joining me. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode of That Spooky Life. And remember to stay spooky, ladies and gentlemen. Bye!